Welcome professional wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for the fans. And we welcome you to episode 50. And welcome back to year two of this podcast. I'm your host, your grumpy old school wrestling fan, collector, barber, and musician, the jack of all trades, the master of none, talk wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the Architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast, Funko Pop Collector, Star Wars fan, Marvel fan, DC fan, everything fan, Andy. Nerd. Steelers fan. All right, that's enough there. And I'm, I'm also your host, the No Selling Wrestling Indie fan and Liverpool supporter, Jeremy. Well, guys. I am so hyped right now. This is the biggest week in pro wrestling in a long, long time. In this episode today, we will be discussing WWE Clash at the Castle, NXT Worlds Collide, the fallout of AEW All Out 2022, MJF Returns, CM Punk's harsh comments at the All Out post-media scrum, and the physical altercation that took place because of his comments. I mean, this show is going to be absolutely insane. What a week, the drama, and it's only getting more crazy from here. Before we get started on the show, please head over to YouTube, search the PW Fan, and you'll find our full catalog of episodes for last year. We can't make an official URL until we get to 100 subscribers, so if you guys do that for us, it would mean so much to us. New shirts coming this week to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan. Two new shirts. And uh, I think you guys will like them. These are going to be cool. For all other social media, you can look us up by searching at the PW fan. Pretty simple. All right, guys, I'm I'm ready for this show. It's going to be a good one. Andy, over to you. Get us started, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, this is a big show. So when it comes to our uh, television shows, I'm going to run through pretty quick, just as a heads up, considering with both brands it was go home shows this week so raw they were in pittsburgh we had kurt angle as a special guest he comes out to open up the show he's in team angle gear which is pretty cool if you're a ruthless aggression uh era fan comes out he had a oh that was awesome a, a segment with the alpha academy um and then later on he would have a funny throwback segment with edge uh reading signs that edge have written on the back of to make kurt angle look like an idiot so that was a fun, a nice little throwback stuff. We had a good Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Um, it seemed like a shoot interview. You know, Triple H says he wants this to be kind of hyper real, right? Was that the the verbiage mm-hmm. for this? Yeah, he did. He did um, an excellent. If anybody hasn't seen it, I would suggest going to watch it. It's an interview he did with UFC interviewer, MMA interviewer. He done. He's done pro wrestling interviews. Ariel Hawani. It's probably one of the best Triple H interviews I've ever seen, and he answers all questions. He's very open, and honestly, he comes off very likable in this interview. Very like you kind of root for the guy because he he seems like he's like, look, I am I was trained by Vince, but I'm also I'm gonna do what I think is right, and what he's doing so far is so good. So go watch that. Um, and then, Andy, what was the next part that you were saying after that, buddy? Well, the Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins backstage interview. Um, oh, so what I was getting were... at, 
what I was getting at is in the Ariel Hawani interview, he's told him we're going to start going hyper real. So, which I think is great. So like, you know, when you got Seth saying, speaking of family, he's like, your wife like took your kids and left you. And he's like, what the F did you just say to me, man? And then like, they got like really into it. They were copying that kind of Daniel. Cormier no, 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 John no. Let me, <laughs> you're butchering it. You're butchering it. What all made right, it good. Right. <laughs> my boy, what have you done they to my boy? Been... They have an interview with each other that are in different locations. And then they make it seem like the interview's done. And before the interview was finished, Riddle had mentioned like, oh, the only man in your house is your wife. Um, and so they make it seem like the interview's over and Riddle's sitting there or Riddle and Seth are sitting there and Seth goes, Riddle, are you still there? And Riddle goes, yeah. He's like, you want to, he's like, you want to bring up my family? Let's bring up family. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't have one because your wife took your kids and left your bitch ass. And then Matt Riddle goes off and then saying he's going to fuck him up. Uh, Seth, you know, talks shit back and it just seemed more hyper real than, um, than before it was it was notes were taken basically from uh old john jones and uh daniel cormier uh ufc interview um that happened it's nice when they acknowledge the real world stuff too yeah because i think that's the thing his wife wife did live here so yeah but that was really good um yeah like i said i'm moving quickly the usos and Sami Zayn had a segment where kevin owens ended up coming out and Owens ended up having a match with Jay Uso, and during the match, they wanted Sammy to attack Kevin Owens, but he wouldn't do it. Uh, winner of the match was Kevin Owens, so we'll have to see what the repercussions of this for Sammy and the Bloodline are. Jo- uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory had a segment. Um, it looks like that they are going to be possibly feuding in the future. And Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah teamed up to face Dakota Kai and Neo Sky in the um, championship match to crown the new women's tag team champions and winners were Raquel and Aaliyah. So that wraps up Raw. All right. Up next, we had Dynamite. It opened up with a segment from John Moxley. He comes out there. He's talking shit to Chicago, which they were at. Um, talking about how he beat their boy and all this stuff. Uh, he talks about having an open contract and he lays it out in the ring in the end. We'll get back to that later. Uh, we had a segment where W. Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cass, comes out, and it looks like he's joining forces with Stokely Hathaway. Um, circling back to the open contract, CM Punk comes out and addresses what was next, what's next in the cards for him. And his buddy, former trainer uh, Ace Steel, who we'll talk about more later. We're going to um, be talking about Ace Steel more later. <laughs> So don't Um, go anywhere. We got some fucking shit coming up. (laughs) Seems like a crazy kind of guy. Ace Steel gives CM Punk a basically a pep talk and tells him to you know pretty much get your head back in the game and sign that contract and go for John Moxley the pay per view, which is what he ended up doing. Now our main event of the show was very very good. This was uh, the trios tournament. It was Will Ospreay and Aussie Open versus the Elite. Uh, winners were the elite, but they tore the house down. I feel like this match should have been at the pay-per-view instead of the uh, match that we got, but yeah, whatever. It's a way to put 
actual AEW starts on the pay-per-view, I guess. Um, but yeah. this this was a great main event. Uh, Kenny and Will Ospreay tore it up for sure. Yeah, I mean, everyone did great. One on one. Yeah. For those two. Now that wraps up Dynamite. Um, if anyone has any thoughts about this before I move on, I think we're just waiting for the pay-per-views now. All right, I mean, SmackDown. Dude, Ronda the, Rousey the, is <laughs> the biggest stuff is yet to come. And also, when we get to yeah. Worlds Collide, <laughs> when we get to Worlds Collide, remind me that I said something about it because I just want to like give props. Like I thought it was very good. But anyway, continue where you were going. Um, SmackDown. Ronda Rousey was reinstated after being arrested and being fined by Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce kind of went off on her and told her how he felt. Um, which is like the strongest promo I've ever seen that man do. Karen Cross had his debut match back to the WWE against Drew Gulak and absolutely just destroyed him. Um, Butch had a match. This this SmackDown, by the way, was recorded last week. It was pre-taped because they would be it would be impossible to do it and be in Cardiff, Wales by one p.m. the next day. Um, so they Andy, recorded it. Andy, I'm sorry to interrupt. Pause. Put a book. Put a bookmark right where your place is right now. Breaking news. Braun Strowman has returned, and he's about to kill Chad Gable in the middle of the ring. All right. (laughs) Braun Strowman back in WWE. This is kind of crazy. I'm watching this right now. Andy, keep going where you're going. Way to spoil that for our listeners next week, but um, (laughs) they're they're watching right now. They're watching right now. (laughs) Butch had a match, and he is wearing um, his old Pete Dunn gear. He's not in his whatever their group, if they even have a group name, whatever he's been wearing with that hat and everything. Uh, His hair is long as shit. I will say that. I think Pete Dunn's so great, like, in his original character that at one time I was working on a music project, and we, the band, the band, you know, I'm doing the Chris Farley, like, quotation marks right now but uh the band that we were working on the project i named the ep to the bitter end after the literally after the pete dunn t-shirt and slogan so pete dunn's the man i really want to see i'm really rooting for this guy i'm really rooting that he's gonna be coming back full swing i think so i think triple h really likes him so you can only hope as a fan um, and then finally, wrap up SmackDown. We had two years of Roman Reigns as champion celebration, which is crazy. I think that's been two years that he's been champion. Um, but of course, Drew McIntyre had to come out and crash it, which will lead us in the Clash of the Castle. But before we then, let's go to Rampage. And the only thing I thought worth talking about, because there's never much to talk about with Rampage, in my opinion, is continuation of the Trios Tournament. Winners of this match that I'm about to talk about will face uh, the Elite at the All Out pay-per-view. It was Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Winners were Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order. So that sets up the championship match for the Trios tournament. Now, before we get into Clash of Castle, like Tim said, I want to touch on Worlds Collide. Um, I'll just talk about the outcomes, really. So, recently in NXT... In my opinion, it's gotten a lot better. NXT UK went away. And they brought over some of the top stars to this, uh, to America's NXT. Um, one of them being Tyler Bate, who is the NXT UK champion. One of them being Miko Sakamura, 
which is the NXT NXT UK Women's Champion, and then they also well, um, an actual American NXT team was the NXT UK champions, so they didn't have to bring them over. That being said, um, they unified all of these titles at the pay-per-view. Uh, opening match, though, was uh, the North American champion Cameron Hayes versus Ricochet. It was actually a pretty good match, um, but Cameron Hayes um, retained. Or is it Haynes? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like I've messed that up in the past, and then I try to correct myself, and now I can't remember which one's the correct one. Good match, though. Ricochet returned to NXT for fun. All worlds collide. Um, Mandy Rose and... Randy Rose faced off against Mio Sakamura, who was the NXT Women's Champion, but they also add in Blair Davenport, formerly known as Bia Priestley, Will Ospreay's ex, um, who was in NXT UK, and they brought her over in this triple threat. And Mandy Rose won, and she is now the unified NXT Women's uh, Champion. We also, when it comes to unifying belts, we had Tyler Bate versus Braun Breaker. This match was awesome. Tim got to see a little bit of it while we were um, getting ready for All Out. Well, I I just wanted to say that I actually watched watched everything today, so I'm all caught up. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- so that was a really good match. I thought as a whole the pay-per-view was pretty good. I don't know about you guys or... Um, but my opinion, you know, this was the start of a pretty good wrestling weekend. Yeah, I didn't get actually a chance to see it, but now I'm kind of want to watch it now. You might have to start watching NXT, guys. And well, I mean, I've never stopped. Honestly, yeah, dude, true. <laughs> can I be honest with you? Look, if you go back to last year's catalog, which is on YouTube, search by looking up the PW fan. But if you go back to those episodes and you look that up. You'll see that there's a point where we were really in NXT, and then they did the switch to the 2.0, and then we tried to be fair, and we gave it a few weeks, and then after a few months, we were like, this is fucking terrible, and we stopped. But I've been watching again. I'm kind of back in. I'm like, you know, the Triple H era is real, man. Like, everything feels different. The, his influence can be felt all the way down into NXT, so. Yeah. Maybe we'll completely agree. Yeah. Um, so maybe of NXT, point, is- point, point, point being, maybe we'll bring it back. No promises, but maybe we'll talk about it. See how you guys feel. Hey, I'm all, I watch it every week, so it's up to you guys, really. Um, unless fans write in and they really want to have us talk about it, then, you know, maybe we should. Um, but speaking of NXT, NXT UK had its final episode this week, and it'll be becoming eventually NXT Europe, and I was texting Jeremy about it, and they, Triple H in that interview, uh, that Tim had mentioned earlier, spoke that the plans are to kind of eventually do, you know, like a World Cup scenario where it's like, I guess, country wrestling against country, and then you have a, a winner. That'd be really cool. I think it'd be really big also with just the European audience because that's what they're kind of used to with their b- yeah. the biggest sport over there. Yeah, so, I mean, like, also, it's kind of like their version of a G1 for, like, New Japan. Yep. I love it. Yep. I, think this, I think this is a great idea. 
This is excellent. Yeah. Um, so let's get into Clash of the Castle. Um, it started at Which, 1 p.m. Let's say time. this. Clash of the Castle. Terrible name. The show was awesome. Only <laughs> six. Only six uh, matches. And I mentioned the amount because of how many All Out did. And there's, you know, a point that I'm going to get across, try to get across later, but... Jeremy um, is in complete darkness. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I cannot right see back. you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you are dim. You're dim. Um, so, Tim, you and me watched this together at your place. Yes, we did. Um, and let's just let's get into it. So, uh, show opened up with Damage Control versus Alexa Bliss, uh, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. If you don't know who Damage Control are, that is the name they're going by now. It is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Now, one thing that Tim when mentioned when we were watching together, right off the bat, European crowds are super into it, and it just makes the viewer, I feel like, at least me, like even more into it. When I'm watching. When, when the crowd is hot in general, it is it's great. There's an old WWF WWF pay-per-view from uh it's Calgary Stampede. I'm sorry. Apologize to the listener. It's Calgary Stampede and it's a nineties pay-per-view, and it is the crowd is so on fire that they're shaking the camera. And it just gets me so wow. into what's. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, it's it's excellent. If anybody hasn't seen Calgary Stampede, it's a really cool show. Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Owen, all the greats. But, um, but that's just one example of when the crowd is very into it. How it can get, it just makes the show way better. And I'm with you, man. Like, the crowd can make a huge difference. Hundred percent. Now, speaking of Bret Hart, Bret Hart was in the audience. He came all the way across the sea to watch this pay-per-view. Um, I don't think they have had this pay-per-view in, I th- in th- 30 years over there. And I think it might have been at this stadium where SummerSlam 92, Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. Yep. I, I believe it was. For the Intercontinental stadium. title, I think. As the, as, the, as the old school wrestling fan, I better... You know, I better know this. Yes, I believe it was. And that was, you know, a little, just a little backstory on that is Bulldog actually had come back from an injury and he had a little bit of ring rust. And Brett, in a lot of ways, helped him through that match. And, but it's still an excellent match. It's really awesome. Um, so that, that stadium in particular has a lot of history. And like we were saying before, those fans were just so on fire for everything. They loved it. Huge stadium. I, there was 60 plus thousand people there. Um, Mm -hmm. and it looked full. Yeah. Oh yeah. It looked completely full. Not like they were trying to hide it. They showed all the sides. Like, I think, I think one of the, you know, sometimes they hide it with the camera side, but no, but I think one of the big things is, they don't get to go over there in this capacity very often. So when they do do a big show like this, I feel like people show up, you know? So yep. from, from a viewer on TV, it looked like it looked packed and it looked like everybody was having a good time. 
Well, yeah, I'm sure it's like, oh, we don't even know when we're going to get this again. We might as well get there and, you know, while we can. Right. Um, so um, Jeremy so yeah, actually we, just, Jeremy just hopped back on with us. Uh, you know, we, we can just kind of help catch him up where we were. So Jeremy, we were just saying like how great the audience was and I'm glad that you're back sitting with us because, oh yeah. you know, we're talking about, um, you know, you're the European, European audience. fans. Yeah. And you, you're a football fan, you know, AKA for, you know, for the American listeners who don't understand what that means. Uh, soccer, you can just say soccer, uh, but Jeremy's yeah. big into that. But one of the thing and one of the things with that culture in particular is the fans get so into it and they're so passionate and they do these chants and they have like particular chants that they, oh, do they can sing I, anything. Oh, and I, but I, <laughs> they'll, find, I they'll find something. I yeah. felt that I felt that energy during the show. Yeah, that's what, like, I don't know if you guys got there yet, but with Edge. Like his entrance, and they were singing the theme song, and I was like, 60,000 people doing it. We haven't even dived into the first match, so don't worry. <laughs> we were just going over the, the fans. If, any, if you're still with us listening, this is going to be an action packed show. I'm going to say, I think we all agree that Bro Killers is all of our favorite episode. I think this is this what we're doing right now. I'm this excited about it. I think this is going to be my second favorite. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this, and we have so much more to talk about. Well, let's get through um, Clash of the Castle, and then we have a long all-out show to talk about. So, <laughs> like I said before, for opening match was Damage Control, which is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky versus Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. I thought it was a really good opener for the show. Um, winners were Damage Control, um, but yeah, you know, good opener. Crowd was hot right from the get-go. What do you guys think? Yeah, like I said, me and Tim watched this together. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, it was a good match for the opener, too. Um, Bianca Belair, I feel like she's going to be I don't know, the prob- the next like super superstar like for WWE. Not just a superstar, but like an actual superstar. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I feel like she's still just getting started, too. Yeah, and she's like crossed over to like other like mainstream media like type of things, too, already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Bianca's actually... Um, after- she, I, oh she's, yeah, she's somebody that over the years. I mean, even when I first started seeing her, seeing her, she was very physical. Um, she has, she just has a like a great presence to her, and yeah, I know her gimmick is kind of like the long hair thing, but beyond that, I th- I think she's just really awesome. And like you guys are saying, yeah. I I really do think that she's the the future of the. WWE women's division, you know, if that's what we're still calling it. She's won trips as girls too from NXT. I mean, basically Tim, Tim did mention this to me. We were talking about it. He's like, if you want to look at it that way, he's like, basically everyone on the roster at one point now. Again, <laughs> in another NXT, majority. Ano- what I was, you know, that's another reason to go watch that Ariel Hawani interview is he was saying, you know, he, he told, he asked triple H, he said, you know, it seems like a lot of your, Triple H's guys are and girls are coming back around, and he said, "Well, if you want to look at look at it that way, I mean, eighty five percent of the roster is NXT yeah. people." Yeah, and uh, we started like, listening off me and Tim. We were like, "Oh yeah, there's only like a handful that aren't." Yeah, we literally <laughs> start. We started listening off names, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, wow!" Like, 
from from Kevin Owens to Sami Zayn to Seth I, Rollins was Seth, you know FCW. Seth Rollins to, it's like all those guys. Yeah, Finn Balor. Yeah. yeah, Finn. Yep. Finn's one of his boys. Nakamura. Like you name it, the big stars right now, besides Randy Orton and Edge, you know, Rey Mysterio, Edge and Rey Mysterio, yeah. and Dominic, which that's regrettable to even call him a big star. No offense. Would, but, would uh, Roman be like technically? Because he technically, went through yeah, yeah, yeah. He went through NXT too. And if you want to get it even more like into it, God, how much of AEW's roster is from NXT? It's like, it's yeah, true too. Um, let's get into our second match, which was might be my favorite match on the card: Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Best match of the weekend, guys! I'm telling you, show Steve. This match was really? awesome. Go back and watch it. It was my favorite match of this card, at least. I'll have to go through the other matches and, and try to think my about it. My chest hurt from watching this. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about Chop chop Fest, we'll get into that a little later. Okay, but. we're going to talk about, like Andy just said, we're going to talk about Chops in a little bit. If you want to do Chops and not have it look fucking stupid, excuse my language, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. You don't just stand there and let the other person do it over and over again. This match was great, though. It, it got me a bunch of times of I couldn't tell who was going to win, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I had a feeling it was going to be, you know, really good. And I feel like it wasn't getting as much hype as it should have because, you know, as a fan, I was just like, this this has potential to be awesome. And yeah. it, it was. It was really, really good. Crowd, again, crowd was super into this match. Super into Sheamus mainly, I think, yeah. over, over Gunther. Um, Speaking of, speaking of, I didn't write this down and I thought I was going to maybe forget, but now it popped into my head. When they're coming out, Ludwig Kaiser brings out Giovanni Vinci, uh, who used to be in Imperium under a different name, but when Vince brought up Gunther and Ludwig, they left Giovanni down in NXT. Now the full group of Imperium is is back. before, you know, Gunther was Walter, Ludwig Kaiser was Marcel Bartel, and uh, Giovanni Vinci, Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner was his name. Yeah, did you hear also, it was kind of funny during the match, the crowd was training Walter, and then, mm-hmm. like, instead of, like, W, you know, ignoring it, Cole was, uh, like, uh, saying something like, oh, they're, like, uh, remembering his past. And I was like, I thought that was kind of cool, rather than just being like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. They should just change it back. Triple H has been giving people <laughs> yeah. back. Riddle is now Matt Riddle again, and Theory is Austin Theory. Yeah, that one's kind of tough because it's only one word. Um, I'm going to go into the next match, though. Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan. Uh, winner was Liv Morgan. I will say I wanted Shayna Baszler to win. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I'm not 100%. I really, in my head, though, I was like, this could go either way with how they're booking. Um but kinda, it, it wasn't that I, long of a match. I wish it was a little longer. Yeah, it seemed really short. I like Shayna like a lot, though. I loved her as champion in NXT. Um, yeah. but, I definitely thought yeah. there was going to be a title change on this pay-per-view. I guess some some sorts. Way to spoil the main event, Jeremy. But Well, <sighs> you know. 
Uh, Tim, talking about Shayna and Liv, what are your thoughts on the match? Though it was a little short for my taste. It was a little short, but overall, I mean, I think you and I were saying during it, we were like, look, good, good match so far, you know? Like, yeah. After that, we had a tag match, Edge and Rey Mysterio, a little throwback, you know, tag team from the Ruthless Aggression era versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, winners were Edge and Rey Mysterio. Before we get into what happened afterwards, um, I enjoyed the match. I think, uh, you know, this is the first time I think I've seen Edge square off with Finn, which was cool to see. And Finn and Rey have a really good chemistry in the ring, I've noticed. Uh, Damian Priest is good, too. You know, you had, you had Dominic on the outside and getting choked out by Rhea, which... His favorite thing to do. Which doesn't Dude, make sense to what happened afterwards. But. Okay, is anybody else like, come on, I can't be the only one. There's definitely some, like, dominatrix vibes going on there that they're, like, leaning into. Like, I, oh, I was just seen what, what she was on Twitter says. Okay, good. I, I was like, that makes me feel, like, less weird. Because I was like, is this what they're well, going for? Or is this, like, my brain making that happen? You know how many people I've seen say, like, I want to be Dominic in this position? <laughs> oh, my. Well, if you were watching the beginning of Raw, that's on right now. It opened up with a segment on them. And Rio's out there ta- talking to Ray, saying that she made Dominic a man. Oh, <laughs> my God. Um. But let's talk about what happened afterwards. Uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio won, and Dominic's in the ring. He low blows Edge, and then he does the old Eddie Guerrero clothesline turning on Rey. Uh, the best clothesline hard. I've seen from him. His best clothesline he's ever done. Yeah. I will say that. But it is, yes, it was reminiscent of Eddie Guerrero turning on Rey when they started shooting so, for uh, it was, Summer it was such years ago. It was such a good clothesline, and when we played the side-by-side of the video of Eddie doing it and then Dominic doing it, I'll, I'll give Dominic his props. He did a great job. Um, it looked, yeah, it looked just as good. I also just wanted to add in that I am drinking a delicious Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar and Cream Soda. Dr. Pepper, sponsored the PW fan. We are not sponsored by it. <laughs> He wants to be sponsored by it. I want to be sponsored by it. Apparently. <laughs> we let me just be clear. We are not sponsored by Dr. Pepper, but we would like to be. <laughs> you would like to be. I don't even drink that. It's delicious. Dr. Pepper, you ain't shit. All right. Whoa, <laughs> hang on. Whoa. Dr. Pepper is the nectar of the gods. You take that back. Nah, Canada dry ginger ale. That's oh, all I need in my life. Who are you? It's a strong choice. It's a strong choice. It's great. Anyway, up next we had Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Um, Solid wrestling match, man. Winner was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins came out dressed as Elton John. Uh, In case anyone was wondering or didn't know what that was. Yes, that is a famous Elton John outfit that he was wearing. Um, This was actually my favorite match of the night. Like For me, Seth Rollins match has just been... Like five stars every single time. Well, Seth Rollins is claiming good. right now that he's the best in the world. So. By the way, just so just so uh, you know, sometimes we get fans who who don't know what a you know, I mean, really, seriously, I'm not even joking. Like they don't understand what star ratings are and stuff. On this show, the five star rating is the only thing that counts. Seven star ratings are stupid, 
and it shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> so we do we keep it old school here. Matches are one to five stars. Based off but six star FTR guys. No, that's not six star no. FTR. Five star seven FTR. Star <laughs> whatever. FTR gets as many stars as there are, but on this show we keep it five. Um so any other thoughts on the Matt Riddle Seth Rollins match? I mean, I liked it a lot. Uh yeah. Do you I mean do you guys think this is gonna keep going? Or do you think they're I mean, I Unless I feel like Randy they're comes have back. Like a... Yeah, he did the Randy, like the um, RKO setup right before he did it. Oh, and Riddle was dressed as Patrick Starr. <laughs> yes, right. his shorts. The crowd was hyped for this, man. This Andy, the, I mean, from where I was hyped the whole show, man, they didn't get tired. They were this great. Was a good, this was a good yeah, show. This was a two and a half hour pay-per-view. WWE had a good week, man. It was I'm half as long as AEW's pay-per-view. And let me really tell you, we're, great not, week. Yeah. we're not we're not the only we're not the only uh, you know AEW pro podcast that is like you know <laughs> the other side is looking kind of good. I've heard it on multiple. I've, I listened to a lot. Well, we got a lot more to talk about. Let's wrap up Clash of the Castle with the main event: Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I really, I or not really like, but I thought the match was great. At, at times, they really got me thinking Drew might, you know, win the match. Um, he did. I missed it though, Tim. He did come out apparently to his old song for a little bit, and then they changed it. Yeah, yeah, because we were like waiting yes. for that, and then I felt like we got distracted. That was like something that we talked about, and then I just <laughs> forgot about it. No, we got behind, and then I played catch up with the uh, remote okay. and we skipped it skipped over early, the entrance you played earlier catch up? yeah we were playing played, catch up i was squirting oh, high, with <laughs> i was i was playing with ketchup and squirting it into my mouth and we I'm were eating scramby right. eggs that makes more egg. sense now yeah <laughs> <laughs> um in the middle of the match austin theory comes out and attempts to cash in out of nowhere tyson fury clocks austin <laughs> Fury, a theory, Tyson Fury clocks Austin Theory. Man, say that twister. three times. Back. Yeah, say that fucking shit three times in a row. <laughs> I remember watching Tim's reaction, though, because it was out of nowhere. Tim was like, holy shit. He thought it was a fan at first, which was I hilarious. I did. I was like, his. what's happening? I, set, I did not realize. Seven foot fan. <laughs> well, like, as soon as he hit him, I was like, oh, okay. But I was like, whoa, wait, who's this random ass guy getting up? But it got, yeah, it got me for so like a So Theory didn't. <laughs> Theory did not cash in. Now there were no Usos at ringside. There was no was no Paul Heyman. Tim pointed out to me probably some legal issues is why they couldn't go over there. They didn't show up <laughs> when they were in Toronto. All right, the Usos couldn't be there. There was problems at the border, and then they weren't there either. Look, the Uso boys have gotten in trouble in the past, so that might be it. Someone made a meme. Okay, this is. This is where I realized that somebody made a meme that of the about who who came out and helped Roman was Solo Sokoa from NXT, right. which is the youngest brother of the Usos, looks just the, like him. And the meme uh, said, but, and the yeah. meme said the only Uso that's allowed to like internationally travel or whatever. travel. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, fuck, the guy is dark, but pretty funny. So Solo Sokoa, the bloodline uh, keeps growing. Um, Solo Sokoa is there now. Maybe they'll call him Solo Uso. I don't fucking know. But 
Um, I know they they had to introduce them this way, but I just don't like the endings like for a match or a championship match like that, yeah. like a main event on peer review. But I kind of I get why they did that. That is what we call a either dusty finish or Russo booking. There's like two ways to to look at that. Anytime there's some sort of big messy ending, that's that's I don't know. I don't like it either. Jeremy is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Um, one thing I did read uh, is that we will not see Roman Reigns for a couple months. Months? Supposedly. Or he's not defending for a couple months. One of the two. Or I'm watching Raw live right now and he could literally turn up. We don't know. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually announced for Friday. Is he? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Making Andy sweat. Make do you want to talk sweat. about the weird, the weird thing that happened once the pay per view was done and they continued being oh, on the air? Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury gets in the ring and like congratulates Drew. This was weird. And like shakes Roman's hand, and then Tyson Theory Fury starts singing American Pie in England. Drew starts singing American Pie, or in in the UK. I'm sorry, in Wales, in Wales. Oh my gosh! I mean, that, I'm that so sorry. I'm so sorry to our Wales listeners. I swear I didn't. I did not mean to say that. I, that's like very like not chill. Like, <laughs> like they're like we're not from England. Uh, so I mean, he starts is, singing American is, Pie. That's what he does after boxing weird. matches. I know it was just. That's still weird. I feel like it should have been thing off air and only for the stadium. But yeah. they I don't think the camera rolling like, and. I don't think people were like getting the reference. Like I think that it was like, and then Drew started singing the song, and I was just like, "Yeah, right. I'm like, if you want to send the ha- uh, crowd home happy, I don't know, you could have had like Drew win, or maybe even like Sheamus win, like one of the two that are from the area. Like the like, you know, it's like they have sixty thousand people for a UK show. They're not gonna have for a while. I feel like they should have had one of those." But that wrapped up Clash of the Castle. <laughs> yes, Sorry, guys. I know you were talking, Jeremy, but I'm just looking at what we have coming up. That I mean, was overall... six matches. All out had 15, including kickoff. <sighs> okay, well, we're going to skip. Show. We'll get through some. <laughs> no, we're going to go through them all. We're going to go through them all. But some <laughs> might be quicker I, than others. Andy, Andy's like, I took notes on all these matches, man. I didn't do this for nothing. <laughs> I took notes. Just, some, some will get more in-depth than others. Others will just say what who the winner is. And some didn't really happen at all. Uh, no, all, I feel like All Hardly. Out and wrestling. No, All Out, uh, Double or Nothing, and uh, probably the Rumble and WrestleMania are our biggest pod weeks of the year. So, this is yeah, this is a big episode. I just want to say, before we get into All Out, WWE put six matches on. Quality was good. Yes, we kept saying this last night. Quality AW versus did, quantity. AEW did, did 15. Yeah. Half of them, I was, it was, I don't know about you, Jeremy. Me and Tim were sometimes were just like, God. Yeah, I'm just looking how through the list matches, How many multi-man matches do you need on a show? Yeah. I'm just looking through the list that you, that you sent over. I'm just like... Yeah, there's like half that I care about. So, which is seven. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. Kickoff show. <laughs> Open with Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Fucking 
didn't care. Bruno got dumped on her neck, man. Okay, this shit pissed me off, dude. I retweeted and it. And she broke her nose. If you yeah, want to see, nose. if you want to see what we're talking about, you can look up the PW fan on Twitter. But we retweeted it, and it's a GIF playing over and over again. And I'm not making any accusations. It just seems to me that when the move to Ruby Soho was done, she was dropped in a careless manner. I'm not trying to say that yeah, he was did more it on purpose. He just seems like he just I like mean, her neck was like oh. it really honestly, man, it really upset me when we watched it. And I was actually hoping at one point they were going to stop the match because I was like, she should probably well, just... where she was shaking her arm at one point. Like, yeah, when know, she when she, she shook her there. hand out, I was like, OK, this is like freaking me out a little bit. It was like, this is bad. This is the yeah. kickoff show of long night. And then she uh, goes and for the... her nose. Right. Yeah. But that was for the AAA mixed tag team titles. Winners were same anti. After that, no, we had on. Hook versus Cool say, Hand. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I we should say because I know Sammy's getting a lot of heat. Everybody's saying he's an asshole and like Ty Conti's blah 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 blah. But you can see in the match that when Ruby breaks her nose, that Ty asks, she says, she's like, "Are you okay?" And then she tries to alert the ref, like, "Hey, something's going on." So yeah, let's not, you know, I. Me personally, I just want to. I don't want to make it look like, oh yeah, they were reckless with her and beating her up and like, no, 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 that's not what happened. No, I mean I just, accidents happen. It was just, it just, we're just stating the facts. That's, when know. she when she got thrown like that on her neck, it just was like, oh god. Um. So like I said, after that we had Hook versus Cool Hand Angelo Parker. I'm gonna say Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Angelo Parker for the FTW Championship. Uh, winner was Hook. The takeaway from this match was he was attacked afterwards, and Action Bronson, who does Hook's theme song, smoke uh, turkey in the ring. So it was pretty cool <laughs> to see him. <laughs> then we had uh, Kip Sabian versus Pack for the All Atlantic Championship. Winner was Pack. Um, it's just funny to me. Kip Sabian has been gone, and he loses his first match back on the kickoff show of All Out. Yeah, I thought that was um, weird. Afterwards, Orange Cassidy comes out and looks like we're going to see Pac feuding with Orange Cassidy again, which was like one of the first original feuds in AEW. Which I said to Andy last night, nobody wants to see this. No offense. Well, speaking of not wanting to see this, our final kickoff show match was Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii. This, um, this was a slap fest. It was not for me. There was a lot of people on Twitter that enjoyed it, if that's your thing. More power to you. I did not. You can do slaps, in my opinion, or chops sometimes, but it it was literally like eighty percent of the match, if not more. It, went it wasn't on fun. So, it did. I didn't feel like I was watching a wrestling match. It went on so long at one point after like forty chops that I just walked outside. I was like, okay, well, I'm not watching this anymore. So that's when I showed, started showing Tim World's Clud. I was like, I got this going on this computer, and then I got. Slap fest going on here. Yeah, and he's like showing me some like amazing like, match. That. Yeah, we're watching like the Ricochet match. It's like <laughs> incredible. And then meanwhile, you got no, it's Tyler Bain Brown Breaker. It was just like, oh, but either like, way. Yeah. But then, yeah, they're like killing it. And then on the other, the thing that I paid for, you know, the guys are just like smacking each other in the nipples over and over again. I'm just like, Jesus. <sighs> winner was Eddie Kingston. So I guess they each have a winner. Over each they other. chopped each other to death. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the actual show. The first opening match, Casino Ladder Match. You had Wheeler Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli, Penta, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Andrade, Dante Martin, and a mystery opponent who is the Joker. Um, Very important match for the card. Execution, not my favorite. Just saying. There were some spots, but until later, when you didn't know exactly who the mystery opponent was. So what happened was guys came out in all black and basically took people out. And then uh, Stokely Hathaway unmasked and climbed the ladder and grabbed the chip. And then the Joker came out, and he's wearing like a devil mask, and he grabs the chip, and he just walks away and does, you know, this to the camera. And you don't know who it is. People were speculating it was MJF. But at the time, at the time, though, it's like it made, to me, made everything that match just feel unimportant the way that it ended. It was just probably my least favorite ladder match I've seen in AEW. Also, besides yeah, the I ending, also, I just want to point out the match was a fucking mess. It was awful. Okay, no let's talk about let's talk about some of the spots <laughs> me and Tim stall. So, so there, Dante Martin gets in. There's guys on the outside. Okay, and Dante Martin instead of setting up the ladder and cli- or setting up the ladder and climbing, he just looks out there and he's going to go for a spot. I'm just like, what? Are you, what are you doing? The point of the match yeah, like, is to climb like, the ladder. He's like he disregards the ladder so he can just dive out. And I was like, okay, now, like these are things as a wrestler. There was no one in the ring. There was nobody in the ring but him. And he's like, you know what? I could climb this right now, or I could do a cool move. Then that is the stuff that the older <laughs> I get, it makes sense to me. It, it bothers me. me. It bothers me. The Watch spot me. that actually made me like. I don't know, not, I guess annoyed, whatever, but like when Roosh came out and I'm like, he's little, like, even the commentators are like, uh, do you want to go get the guy who's climbing the ladder right now? And he's like slowly taking off his mask still and handing it off. I'm like, and then he gets know. in the ring and he helps Andrade just set up a ladder. It's just like, dude, just <laughs> like, no climb. Then there was that like weird spot where Claudio built that like contraption out of two ladders. That was a waste. I know, of I he, he was lifting. He was he was lifting up the ladder while Andrade was on it. It's like this is really awkward. He's like sh- scooting it to the side and to tip Andrade off. I don't think that worked how they were thinking. No, it didn't look good. Yeah. And also, it's I think been the done, reason man. why it like, ended awkwardly because they like have the time limit on each guy coming out. So like when the Joker comes out, they kind of have to do it at that time. So that was the other thing. The match, the match, the match kind of felt like a mess with like the format. The ending, the only part that... Well, Roosh took so long to get in the ring, by the time he got in the ring, the next person was already ready to come out. That was weird. Yeah, I mean, they always have those, like, time limit things, though, but that's why, like, the Joker spot, like, ruins it, because you you can't do it later. Like, you can't give the match, like, 20 minutes. But then, you know, like, Wheeler... Wheeler, Excuse me. Wheeler Uter... Uter. Wheeler (laughs) Uta takes a power bomb. Yeah, I know. Uter. Um... He takes a power bomb from the ladder onto another ladder that's set up. Um, oh, it was the sunset flip from Andrade. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, dude, that spot's so dangerous, and it's like not even worth it for the match. Andrade did it to Finn in a Money in the Bank match a couple years ago. It's an Andrade like, thing, apparently. 
for what the match ended up being, the reason for the match, which we'll talk about later. Oh, it, it was there. It was an unforgettable spot. It's like why would you? Why I mean, would it was you, a forgettable spot. No, it's just like they put their life, you know, life and career and neck and everything on the line. I'm like, in retrospect, and we'll talk about what what the deal was with this match. It's like, dude, why would you do that? It means nothing. I don't know. That's just me though. Moving forward, we had the Trios Tag Championship, Hangman Adam Page and Dark Order versus the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, match was pretty good. Um, I hate those sometimes. I can't tell who the legal man is. That kind of stuff bothers me because some of these tag matches sometimes become chaos, and then they don't hold the white string, which bothers me. But I'll try to look past it. Old school, baby. Um, um... But there were some really fun spots with Heyman and Kenny, I will say that. Uh, I mean, there, there was cool stuff overall, you know. I, I won't shit on the match. It, it was an overall pretty fun match. I enjoyed the next tag team match later uh, a little bit more. But, um, yeah, winners were the Elite, which I think we all kind of saw coming. I feel like these championships were basically made for them. Any thoughts on the match? Yeah, I really liked it too. I mean, I like the. I think Reynolds and Silver kind of have like when they do it right or like. Do Tim it doesn't like Silver. You don't like Silver? How? I just Tim don't doesn't like, like Johnny Hungy. I, I'm just not hungry, you know. Like, He's hungry, man. Stinks. <laughs> no, I'm full. I'm not hungry. I want him to just be. <laughs> well, those those two, <laughs> those two to me have like one of the like smoothest like uh, tag team moves. Like when they're set up for the pin, it's like. Uh, Reynolds you know, and Stunner to a German Sorry. suplex so that like the pin that Reynolds runs over. Um, but I love the ending though because it's just, like you know Hangman accidentally hits Silver or Reynolds whoever it was, and then it's like his face is like he's so, so sorry about it. Then look, people can say what they want and be like, "Oh, Tim's just a cornet guy or whatever." But I'm a, I was just a little bitter. No offense to the Dark Order that it wasn't the Will Ospreys guys. That's the match I wanted to see. I wanted to see the three. I thought it would have been a better match, but. But, oh, yeah. you know, and I mean, for me, I'm like, if I think it just had to be AEW guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just I figured in my head that that's their, that's what they were setting up for. But I'm sure they'll do it at a later at a later point. <sighs> Moving on. We got to go through a lot, guys. There's still way more. Jade Cargo versus Athena. Jade Cargo comes out dressed like She-Hawk. Uh, she, this girl's a star. I think we've said it before. Oh my god! All right. Um, <laughs> Athena's good too. I thought this match was good. Jade Cargo has gotten a lot better since her debut match against Shaq. So um, this match was good, and I wish it had gone longer. Yeah, this one deserved longer, much more. Yeah, like I mean, they could have cut so much other. I'm mean, looking at the list. I'm like, why couldn't you cut so many other matches shorter? There are some matches that should have went longer, and there was others that should have went shorter, in my opinion. Dude, um, I love. After I love that, Jade. we had FTR. And- I love Jade Cargo. If she had like like a merch, like some merch that was just like simple and just had like like nothing like over the top, I, I, I would probably rock it because I, I I really like her. Like she's like my favorite woman on the roster, to be honest with you guys. 37 and 0. I just think that she's got. Uh, we so had FTR much and Wardlow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. FTR and Wardlow versus Jade Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns. Winners was FTR and Wardlow. This is a this good, match, yeah, good, solid good. Um, 
wrestling match. Wardlow got the pin on Jay Lethal with the powerbomb of Symphony. Um, which is what he did, like three or four of them. Yeah. Wardlow, I just hope they keep they start booking Wardlow a little bit better. I really like Wardlow. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a star too. It's just, they were booking him better before he got the belt, and now he has the belt, and it's like, feels like you're not doing much of them. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I actually and FTR heard was awesome. Sorry, Tim wanted to talk about FTR's daughter, or Dax's daughter yeah. coming out, and... I, I'm glad that you brought that up. This was my, uh, honestly, besides, you know, because we're going to talk about all this petty drama bullshit, and it's just going to be a mess at the end of the show. But if there's one thing that came out of this show that was, uh, honestly, and I'm beautiful, man. It was, it was beautiful. It was, uh, uh, you know, I'm a dad, and I, I have a daughter. And so seeing that little girl who fought cancer come out and got to enjoy that moment, that was cool, man. That was cool. So I'm glad that I just wanted to bring that. Uh, was it cancer? Or was it a heart issue? I don't remember. Which I feel I thought, I thought for, it was cancer. I thought it was cancer, but I mean, we'll do that okay. next week on Good okay. Housekeeping because we should definitely have the correct. <laughs> Either way, she was she was very sick at one point, and she got through it and fought hard. It was the whole point that Dax was making anyway. Um. But then she got out there at the very end and got a little pin on Sanjay. Uh, yeah. so it was kind of fun. That was cool. Well, he and then um, Dax said on Twitter, "When you fight the scariest fight of your life, fourteen thousand people, you know, is nothing or whatever." So it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, up next, we had Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I like both guys a lot. Winner was Powerhouse Hobbs. I wish the match went longer. Uh, Ricky Starks has a new look. He was actually wearing like full tights and uh, gloves. I liked the new look. I read Hobbs is in uh, line for a big push, and I guess this is you know maybe the start of it. But I know Tim yeah. likes both guys. I know you like both guys. I just wish the match was a little bit longer. I was I was into it, and then it, it seemed oh. His finisher is apparently a spine buster, which is kind of cool because you don't see that as a finisher anymore. But it works for such a big guy like Hobbs. Yeah, they were they the yeah, announcers were really like, playing it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of these guys deserve big pushes, so it's kind of like just need to move on from one another. I think now. Yep. Next match was one of my favorites on the card. It it got it fooled me a bunch this during was the, my some match of the finishes. Of the I loved it so yeah, much. This match was great. <laughs> the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. This is my AEW tag champion. This is my second favorite match of the weekend besides the um Sheamus match. So and and uh Gunther. So this match is so good. I'm yeah. excited to talk about this match. This crowd one it, it look, Swerve in our glory are not heels. But this <laughs> crowd loves the acclaimed. I think everyone likes the acclaim. Everyone loves the acclaim. Everyone loves the acclaim, and they wanted to see them win. And, God, this match was awesome. There was a lot of false finishes. They got me a bunch of times. Tim kept pointing out every time they almost got me. (laughs) I was was like, ah, they got you. There was, like, definitely two or three times I'm like, oh, that's it for the acclaim. Like, they're going to win. And I think they should be be finished soon. When a false finish is done right, and it's done at the right time, not just because you do 500 tombstone pile drivers and then a super kick, 
it really is effective. I mean, I was like, I, I, I got work. I mean, whatever you want to call it worked or <laughs> I just got, I just got invested very much a bunch of times last night, man. Like anytime there was a false finish, yeah. I was like, Oh, well, man, they really got me on that one. There was, there was a part in the match. There was a part in the match where Keith Lee was a little slow to break up the tag yeah. And the crowd's chaining bullshit. It wasn't an officiating problem, and the announcers made that clear. You know, it wasn't officiating. You know, Keith Lee was just a little too slow getting to break up that yeah, that it's pin. Like point but... nine nine nine. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I really like the acclaimed. Um, yeah, how about the chance really... from the crowd when they were like singing like uh, something like, oh, like Scissor Me Daddy? Oh, Scissor Me Daddy. <laughs> Instead of basking in our glory, yeah, they were saying the scissor me, daddy. <laughs> um, that was great. But I, this match was so good to me that they should do another one. Yeah, like it would make sense to do another one, and then maybe the acclaimed get it, and then you do a third one. To I don't know, I'd be down for it. This match was awesome. If yeah. you, if you're this is the best this- match I've ever seen. If you were catching this episode on Wednesday afternoon or sorry, excuse me, Tuesday afternoon, and you watching uh, Raw, man, and we'll talk about it next week, but Theory and uh, Owens are tearing the house down right now. This is a really good match. Really good. They're wrestling each other or they're teaming up? No, they're wrestling each other and they're fucking tearing it down. It's a good-ass match. All right, next match, we had a a fatal four-way for the interim AEW Women's Championship. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Winner was Tony Storm. The original plan for this pay-per-view was Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, which makes you think, was she the original winner for that match? Um, but we'll get that match at a later date. Any thoughts on the match? I just thought it was like it was a good match, but it wasn't anything special. I was kind of hoping Jamie Hayter was going to win, but I knew she wasn't. I thought the way it ended... How Tony Storm won it was like kind of like what? Yeah, and it was like the bigger thing was like Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Like when Britt Baker pulled the ref out, like that's like the bigger storyline now. So they're gonna they're you know they're not seeing eye to eye now. Yeah, and 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 you know what? I mean, I'm I'm keeping it a hundred percent transparent here. This was that point in the show for me, and it has nothing to do with other women or like whatever. But this is just that middle point of a fifteen match pay per view where I was like. Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> "How much?" How, I was like, "What else we got left on this thing?" I was like, starting to get a little antsy. Yeah, four more matches after this. Well, I knew, I knew point, that I we had to be texted Andy. Yeah, in the group chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just forgot. I was like, "Oh yeah, we still got Jericho Danielson," and then yeah, we were like still got I forgot the about the Sting minutes. match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, so up next we had Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. Um, I was kind of bummed about this. Luchasaurus comes out the heel. Tunnel, which Tim pointed out to me, and uh, yeah, during he Jungle turns Boy's on entrance. he turns on Jungle Boy, fucking hard ass choke slam on the metal grating where the pyro that was comes hot. out, which I'm sh- which yeah. was still hot because it looks like it branded his back. It literally looks like his it back just um, branded. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Luchasaurus carries Jungle Boy to the ring. Um, Christian Cage would end up getting putting the kill switch on him and one two three jungle boy loses 
read today that was cut short because of injury. I wonder if yeah. it, I think it was more on the Christian side because I don't think they would have done that choke slam the Jungle Boy <laughs> if it was on his side. Um, so yeah, now that makes elbow. more sense. Now that makes more sense. Um, I thought it was maybe a time thing, but maybe they, some matches went a little longer to make up for Jungle Boy and Christian. I don't know. Yeah. But now it all comes together. After that, we had a pretty solid wrestling match, guys. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Linehart, Chris Jericho. Now, the story Good being match. told in this match is, you know, yeah. I want to prove who the best pro wrestler is, and Daniel Garcia is like, you don't need to cheat to win. Well, after the match is, you know, towards its end, Jericho, what do you do, low blow him? Yeah, he did that thing where he hold the ref and then he kicked him. Like from behind, kicked him from behind, from behind, and then Judas effect. Uh, yeah. Brian Danielson. Now, you know this makes doesn't hurt Brian Danielson because it was a cheap win. Yeah. And it it then you know later on Daniel Garcia would confront Chris Jericho and um be pissed that you know he had to had to cheat to win. So the story continues, but I like the match overall. Um, was it? Did anyone get bloody? Did Jericho get bloody? I don't think so. I was actually going to text bloody? you guys like halfway through. Like no one started bleeding yet, which is kind of a surprise. Yeah. But until know. like the main event, it was a really good match, and I think it goes to show. And you know, props to Jericho that. And I just listened to him. You know, we'll get into the media press conference, the post media press conference, yeah. in a little bit. But we're coming up know, to it. He said, you know that he got to do a bunch of stuff that he kind of, he said that he forgot about straight up. He's like, you know, I got to, he said, wrestling this match reminded me of when I got to wrestle Dean and Eddie and Chris. You know, he said that's what it reminded me of the old days. So that's pretty cool. And Jericho can still do that style. Yeah, they had to end it with the heel. He had to give them the low blow and they're setting up the story. But the match before that. a longer story being told in the end. Yeah, but the match before that was Great man, it was really good. yeah, yeah. Um, home stretch boys. After that, we had Miro teaming with Sting and Darby Allen versus House of Black. Winners were Miro, Sting, and Darby Allen. Um, Malachi Black went for his. Um, do they still call it the Black Mass? I think so. Okay, went for the Black Mass, but Sting ended up uh, spitting black mist in uh, Malachi's face, and he ends up getting the win. Um, this wasn't aired, but I read about it. I don't know if you did, Jeremy, because I told yeah. Tim about it. Uh, the group hugged at the top of the ramp and, uh, you know, made it seem like they were done. There's been a lot of rumors that Malachi might be done or I don't know if he is, isn't happy or if he's going through an injury still. Oh, and it sounded like, I don't, it sounded like he was like done with wrestling overall. I don't know because he posted something cryptic. I read it to Tim about you know this thing you love, then like yeah, kind of turns on you, and I don't know. But if that yeah, is he, it, you know, I would love to like, see them versus the elite. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It sounded that like he really had cool. like uh, personal issues too. That's why. So that's why yeah, I think man, he like I've... asked for his release and all that. And and, and you know oh, he like, asked for his release. Well, I. It's one of those things, man, where, like, because he said he had, he kind of alluded that he's having some, like, emotional, maybe mental health issues. Yeah. And I understand that Tony is probably hesitant 
to give him his release because he doesn't want him to just wind wind up back on you know WWE with Triple H. Me but. and you were talking last night. We were like, Triple, it'd be so good to see that entrance again. <laughs> no, with the but coffin like, and that. No, music. but yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, yes, all that stuff would be fantastic. But if he's really having problems, like you know, genuinely, like I, if he doesn't think this is good for his mental health. I hope Tony lets him go home because it's important. You know, you don't want, you don't want guys. If he's telling you straight up, like, man, this isn't good for me. I can't do this anymore. Like you should probably just let him go home. You know? Yeah. Sorry guys. I'm reading stuff about this punk thing. CM Punk called selfish and arrogant by WWE stars after backstage fight with the elite. Which were, I mean, yeah. One of the things I will get in is that WWE Star said that they believe the CM Punk that they knew years ago was being highlighted. So I guess they Andy? thought he, you know, whatever. Speaking of CM Punk, let's get into the um, the main event of the show CM Punk versus John Moxley. They're in Chicago. This is for the AW World Championship. Punk comes out with some new long boys. They're white, which they grew on me pretty quickly. At first, I was like, this is different. And then by the time the match, I was like, pretty cool. It's like the white Power Ranger. Um, I was a fan. Yeah, it grew <laughs> on me. He did. He was like the white Power Ranger, dude. It grew on me. And no, I will say that. I... From, you knew he was wearing Dan Housen's boots. Yeah, and Andy and I, yeah. I, yeah, Tim's like, he's like, I think he's wearing Doc Martens right now. Well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hardcore punk rock kid, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I know a good pair of Docs when I see him, and I said he's wearing Docs right now. <laughs> and then during the press conference, sure enough, he was like, I, he's like, I was wearing Docs. He's like, and then I started wearing Danhausen's Docs, and he's like, which are two sizes too small for him, but he said they fit, they fit perfectly. So, yeah. Um, I will say I would have been more hyped for this match had he not had lost um, the week or whatever before. Okay. Um, so with all let's the, address a real with all quick. The Jesse, going on back. Now, hang on. We're calling him out right now. Jesse, Jesse has been saying still that it was great. And that it made the match even better. So I think that we should have Jesse come on at some point in the coming weeks so he can explain why he thinks it was so good. But I'm with you, Andy. I think that if you had just not done hey, the other with match, me too, so. <laughs> JR's with me too. Yeah. If you had just done this match, it would have well. felt way bigger. Yeah. Like um, the... The only reason I'm like I'm okay with it because of what happened at the end. Yeah. Well, I guess my thing is why did the match even happen? Yeah, I don't know. We talked about this last week, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. This week we got a lot more to cover. Let's talk about the match real quick. Um, I think because of what happened last week and the drama backstage. This crowd in Chicago was kind of half for Maxley and half for CM Punk. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but um, they were not 100% with Punk this time around. 
Um, overall, good match. You know, Tim, you're right. Moxley can, you know, wrestle normal wrestling style if he really wants to. And uh, this was one of those times for once he did not bleed, CM Punk ended up getting busted <laughs> open. Um, I will say... I kind of called what would happen afterwards a little bit to Tim. I said I'd bring we'd bring up the podcast mid match. I'm like, this is what's gonna happen at the end. I said the Joker's gonna come out. Now I thought the Joker was gonna like cash in the chip or something. That didn't happen, but the Joker did come out after the I don't match. Think it works that way. So winner. So you're, I wasn't sure how it worked. Money in the bank slash bank. slash Joker chip. Yeah, it is an opportunity. So I don't know. I don't know how it works, but winner was CM Punk. Your opinions on the match before we talk about what happened afterwards? I thought the match was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the ending too. It's pretty good. Cool. Like Punk knows how to finish and make the crowd pop at the same time. It's not like a this is going to be match. one of our longest shows, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, I will say that much. Um, so after the match is over, screen goes black. There's these, there's a video of Punk doing his famous, you know. Devil promo from ROH. Then you see the Joker walk across the screen with his his devil mask, and he turns around and he takes off the mask, and you see MJF's haircut, and he starts talking, and then he puts a scarf around him, and he he says what I am the devil or something like that, and then he comes out. He doesn't say anything on the mic. He just he does a gesture like he's there for the championship. For once, Chicago popped for MJF. We were popping at home for it. Uh, they were training his name. Do they? They pop yep. huge. Yeah. Um. So that that wrapped up the show. There was a medium scrum, media scrum afterwards, and this is really all real we're going to talk about is here we go. This, this is the real. This is the real meat and potatoes of the show right here. Tim <laughs> Tim today has watched it. He's listened to people talk about it. So I am just gonna. It's you for the rest of the show, basically. You're gonna right. narrate this part. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you guys through what happened here, okay? Yeah, take it over. <laughs> basically, and you know, Jeremy obviously jump in because Jeremy knows too. Long story short, for months, you know, Hangman, Adam Page, and CM Punk have been having issues. Apparently, uh, there's he's also been having issues with the EVPs, which are Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. So at this press conference post All Out, uh, Punk kind of immediately starts by asking, what was the reporter's name? Nick? Nick something. Hoff? H- Hausman. Hausman. Nick Hausman. So Nick Hausman is about to ask a question, and Punk basically says, here, I'll start, Nick. And then he asked him, do you still do improv class? And then he said, uh, maybe, no, not for a while. He's like, who'd you used to do improv with? And Nick Housen said, Scott Colton, which if people don't know, that's Cole Cabana, which that's where a lot of these issues for the last few months have stemmed from, where apparently, okay, allegedly, at least this is the way that Punk feels, that the Young Bucks and... Adam Page have been spreading a rumor that he, he being CM Punk, wanted to get Cole Cabana fired and got Cole Cabana demoted or fired or whatever you want to call it. So immediately, 
Punk is on stage during this press conference and he's like, look, I don't know this guy anymore. I don't like this guy anymore. I don't care what this guy does. And I'm giving you guys the Cliff Notes version. There's so many different videos of it. Like if you type it in YouTube right now, you could find five different angles of the same press conference. But, you know, I don't know this guy anymore. I'm not friends with him. I used to pay his bills. Um, and, you know, I don't give a shit what he does. And I'd had nothing to do with getting him fired or released or whatever and, or demoted. And Tony Khan, you know, is in the background shaking his head now. Right after this, okay, so he addresses the Cole Cabana issue. All of a sudden, and well, I should point out one more thing. The only part I didn't like about any of this, what he said about hangman and empty headedness, and uh, well, well, no, we're gonna get to all, we're gonna get to all that, but it started with the Cole Cabana stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, the one thing I didn't like about this is when he brought up Cole Cabana's mom and how they shared a bank account. I was like, okay. Yeah, a little bit of low, little bit of low hanging fruit, kind of unclassy and a low blow. Let's, I'm just saying, like yeah. maybe not something. Now, like people like me, Andy and Jeremy know about this shit. You know, it's like I don't need to know. I shouldn't need to. I don't need to know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I shouldn't uh, know that he shares a bank account with his mom. Like that's yeah. like now. Now I just feel bad for him. Like he comes off as more like yeah. the sympathetic. Well, like, he ended up saying it though because that's who he had to go after to sue Colt. Right. Yeah, that was he the reason why he canceled it. Or... Send the suit to her. Yeah. So moving on, basically, Punk says, you know, he keeps going on and on about the people that he felt like were spreading the rumors, which is the EVPs, and then he basically said that these EVPs, EVPs being the Bucks and Kenny Omega, were idiots and couldn't run a, a, a target chain and uh <laughs> which you know then all of a sudden of course i see on twitter people that work in the um you know retail industry are like you know that's very insulting it's a hard job and like i think what he's getting at though is this guy's supposed to be man these guys uh the punk in the books well he said why would you try to bury your top baby face basically right. yeah. but they're supposed to be managing people in a multi-million dollar athletic company and what he's insinuating is these dudes probably couldn't manage a bunch of you know cashiers like like and i think that's what he was getting at you know i don't think he was coming at like retail yeah. workers or whatever but uh yeah uh so yeah and then he said i'll tell you what pisses me off about it is like you don't try to middle your top baby face and get your online audience, niche audience to hate him, which I has that not been happening? I mean, I've been seeing it everywhere. Everybody's yeah, bad business. Turning, everybody seems to be turning on punk. And even if punk is a dickhead in real life, like the ultimate warrior or even Hulk Hogan at times, right. Shawn Michaels was, all, was a huge dickhead in real life, yet you, you still he was don't the top wanna... guy on the te television. Right, you still don't want to get the fans to turn on him because he's the guy that's selling your. I get what Punk's saying is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, we'll keep this going. He what he say about know, Hangman? He, uh, empty headed. Uh, well, uh, a reporter asked Tony about the you know the influence in the locker room, and all these legends and, um, having so many, uh, such a great presence around. And what I'm actually going to do right now, because I actually saved this just for this, 
And if the audio quality is terrible, then I'll have uh, Jeremy this. Jeremy just edited it out. But yeah, uh, we talked last week about um, Hangman saying that he didn't need to take advice from veterans. And uh, this is basically what Punk's response was to that. So I'll just let him talk. wisdom and brilliance it has isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say nah, i don't really take advice who the fuck do you think you are you know that's stupid i'm on a team with barry bonds mark mcguire sammy sosa and i i don't need to, i don't need to work on my swing you don't i'm not gonna listen to these guys they're gonna tell me how to swing a baseball fucking go fuck yourself so yeah, that was very <laughs> that was very strong words from Punk. I mean, yeah, it is bothersome that you got people in the back that could be helping so much and there there's people in charge being like, "Oh no, we're good. No offense, but like my thing is you what you were doing got you here, right? But this is literally the same exact mistakes that ECW made they kept doing what they did that got them there, but they never changed and adapted to grow and become bigger. And eventually what got them there is what killed them in the end, you know, just being too violent and too, you know, just out, just too crazy, you know? And so I think what punk's getting at is like, we're all here to do better, right? We're here trying to make this company better. And, you know, you just kind of are coming across like like it doesn't matter and that the generation before doesn't matter. And I can get why he feels disrespected by that. Um, Andy, what well, am I missing? Well, the real takeaway, so what you're missing is what happened when Punk was done talking. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is the biggest part of the show right here. We'll close it off here. Punk leaves the panel. So Punk leaves the panel, and he had said during the interview, if anybody has a problem with me, he's like, he's like, come talk to me about it. And apparently, this is what I'm reading, okay? And this is according to, what was the source, Andy, that you wrote, that you sent? It's just on Ringside, Ringside News. Ringside News? Read a lot of the stuff. Okay, yeah. so this is, so what I'm reading is coming from Ringside News. So... Punk walks to the back at this point. I think Tony's still out on doing the press con. Tony Khan, pronouns, pal, um, <laughs> is uh, out doing the press conference with Jericho at the time. And he didn't have his phone on him, but I, I think, think Jericho with had it with Keith Lee. The Wrestling Observer, Wrestling Observer got additional details. I'll say that. Um, do you have anything you want to add About in this. before I read the report? No, that's just who this... It was from Ringside News who got it from Wrestling Observer. I just okay. want to say. Okay, so this this is, you know, this is not us, you know. <laughs> no, no one told us this. We don't have any contacts or anything. We're reading this from this source. It was reported that CM Punk swung the first... Uh, or it was reported that CM Punk swung first at Matt Jackson. Then Ace Steel threw a chair and hit Nick Jackson in the eye. Steele also bit Omega and grabbed the hair during the melee in the back. 
According to multiple sources that lined up with some of the previous reporting, there was a fight backstage afterwards with Punk allegedly starting things by swinging fists at the Bucks, Matt Jackson. Punk trainer friend uh, A. Steel threw a chair, hit Bucks in the eye, like I just said, allegedly bit Omega and grabbed his hair. It is noted that as of... It is noted that as of this writing, nobody has commented on the possibility of legal ramifications after this incident. Obviously, Tony Khan needs to do something about this situation. So we've now, we apparently have... the elite threatened to leave is what mm-hmm. I also read. Like after this whole thing, I we just want to say boi- one more thing. Then let you continue. We no, I was just going to say we don't have, deal. We have boiled over. And that's what I'm kind of getting to is that if you don't deal with this kind of shit early on, it's like a volcano. It's just going to erupt into a big altercation like this. Things should have been handled. You're in a business. You don't have an HR. You don't have something that people should mediate one another, you know, and figure this stuff out so that your workplace, any other workplace I've been in. Would be like would not let you know all this turmoil happen. They would they would have us talk it out and deal with it. And but I guess I'm if you're if you're higher ups are the ones that have the problems like the EVPs and your top guys and you know. Well, bef- well, before we close know. out, le- before we close this, before we close out, let's just say this. Like for instance, I I, th- I think the big disappointment that comes off the show is you know mjf was supposed to have this big moment right and he did he had this big return but what's the main thing that we're talking about we should have here's what should have happened we should have ended this show tonight talking about mjf returning and being excited for dynamite this week that's not how we're ending the show tonight we're ending the show tonight by talking about you know five guys who in real life got into an altercation behind the scenes over pro wrestling and them talking crap to each other. So as much as I love CM Punk, uh, you know, if anybody questions where my loyalty is, boom, baby, you got the shirt on right now. However, I do think that it's not good that he took the shine off MJF. Like this was supposed to be MJF's night. And now everybody for the next month, years, maybe this is what people are going to be talking about the night that CM think about like 10 years from now, people are going to be like, bro, you remember the night that CM Punk went off on the young bucks, getting Omega and just absolutely annihilated them. Like that's, this is going to be like a legendary moment in wrestling. And not that I'm not happy to be around to see it. I just think if you think about it, it kind of sucks for MJF. Cause it's supposed to be his night. Yeah. I mean, just a quick thing from me that I, I know like from hearing all this stuff, it kind of just makes me laugh, and it's just like these are grown adults, and this is how they're going to handle Crazy. things. It's like just grow up and get over it. Like I know, like Punk has a whole thing, but it's just like I love Punk so much. Like he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. But I'm like, just get over all of this, and also for everyone else too. I think you know something's going to come out of this, and it's not going to be good. Whatever. Well, side that's the other on. thing also that I love watching because this is so entertaining, even though it's really negative. <laughs> I'm like, I definitely want to watch Wednesday and see what happens. Because so either way, like drama, man. either way, if it goes good, they're gonna like, you know, come out really like uh, well from this. Like everyone's gonna like turn it up and be better, or it's gonna implode, and we're gonna see it on TV. Hopefully, they'll learn to deal with issues early on. Uh, I, you know, just closing out here with the punk stuff. I've listened to so many things today about it, and you know, one of the things uh, there's a. Uh, 
Rene Dupree has a podcast, and today it was him. Uh, oh gosh, Masao. Uh, I can't. I want to get the name wrong. I feel bad, but it was an an ROH legend, uh, Rene Dupree, Paul London, and then. Uh, oh gosh, there was one more guy. Oh, it was like the host. And they were just all exchange, exchanging stories about locker room times with CM Punk. And basically every single one of these guys was like, dude's a fucking dick. Every company that he winds up in always has, like, it'll start off, like, fine. And then it'll be, like, politics. Like, Paul, Paul London said that when he left ROH to go to WWE, he drove to an ROH show to just visit his friends. And they were like, dude, when are you coming back? And he was like, well, I'm probably not coming back. And they were like, you got to come back, man. This guy is a fucking asshole. Like, he's the worst. He's like the Triple H of like the Ring of Honor locker room. And they're like, he's like, who are you talking about? And then it ended up being CM Punk. So it's like you hear this stuff. You know, and I'm a punk guy. But I guess my thing at the end of the day is I'm not, I don't care. I mean, look, I mean, to a degree, right? Like, I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not trying to support somebody who does like anything really, really bad, but um, I don't care if Punk is a nice guy, a good guy, a a good friend, or I don't care about any of that stuff. What I do appreciate is his philosophy on pro wrestling, and I agree with him a lot of the time on the presentation of pro wrestling. So with that being said, I have to say I'm team Punk on this. But, like I said, I didn't like the Cole Co- stuff about Cole Cabana's mom. Uh, like like we read from the article, Punk apparently swung first, which, you know, that's not good. Like Jeremy said, that we're, we're grown. He could have handled it differently. He could have handled Jericho it Jericho got on at the end and said some of the similar things, but in a better way. He handled, right. you know, talking about the drama and stuff backstage. He, he talked about it, but in a more professional way in in the media scrum. He just addressed it how it probably should have been addressed. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much sums everything up. This could have been handled differently. Other than that, like, Punk was kind of acting like a, I don't even know, he was, like, eating baked goods the whole time and, like, just being real, real snarky. It was was a very weird... You know what locker room's doing great, guys? You know what locker room's doing great? WWE right now. WWE. Uh, yeah, apparently it's like Everyone's happy over happy. there. Everyone's. <laughs> they love. They love trips. Everything's changed. Just so weird. Yeah, man. Everyone's like, bizarre. God, Triple H being the boss is is great. Don't have to go through Vince and his wacky ideas anymore. Ah, man, it's just. I, I'm I'm really hoping that AEW can get everything figured out, and I think they will. They're just so young, and they're getting. To if a something point happens where... because of this, we'll it'll be by next week, and we'll be able to talk about it. It's not going to yeah. take more than a week to figure out the fallout of this yeah. consequences. And I guess that is the fallout of AEW All Out 2022. And if that about wraps it up, I'll close this out here. I want to thank you all so much for joining us yep. for this episode. Can't wait to be back next week to talk all things pro wrestling. Jeremy, let's hear that news team.